Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. In this episode, you're going to hear a truly inspirational and motivational individual. Without even really trying to be, Betsy Wolf is truly one of the greats. In this interview, you hear her talk about her ability to overcome her emotional eating and in that change her weight and shift the trajectory of her life as she helps heal her autoimmune conditions. She truly is an inspiration, but not just around weight loss and food and nutrition, but not but a week after this interview did Betsy have a near-death car accident. I spoke with her on a Thursday, I believe it was our Wednesday, and that Friday she flipped her car and rolled and had a number of breaks and bruises and stitches and scars. And she truly is lucky to be alive. In that though, she's taken that and she has moved it in a trajectory forward as she always does. With things that get her down, she grasps them with the truest ability to hold faith, fury, and fierceness all together. She is now rehabbing and recovering at home. She was released from the hospital and continues to take care of her health, her weight, and her immune conditions while she does this. She really is an amazing inspiration and one that you should truly listen to because she definitely has some keys to life. And you'll hear in this interview much more about her food and her weight loss journey. But I'm hoping in the future, as she continues to recover, that we'll be able to do a follow-up in this interview because you will certainly hear one of true definitive overcoming as she has really come back from the odds in this horrific incident. And she continues to show the world her fighting spirit, but more than that, her true determined faith, which really is at the core and the root of how she does it all. Please listen to this as it is an amazing testament to what one can do and continue to send out love and prayers and support to Betsy as she continues to rehab and recover her way to continue to be a better woman, individual, and healthy inspirer to us all. Thank you so much for listening today. I truly know that this one will change how you feel about yourself and things around you. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. On today's podcast, I actually am interviewing a really special person. I've met many people in my life and not all of whom I am inspired by. 
But I love when I do meet people that inspire me in a new and different way. And I love particularly when those people are women and those women I get to work with. So you will hear today on the call, Betsy, and she is a fabulous inspirer and overcomer. She's had a magnanimous weight loss journey that I really want her to tell you about and has done it with autoimmune issues and life issues and life journey that has been thrown at her and on her while she has continued to overcome. And so I'm so excited for you to be here today, Betsy. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So I'd love for you to start out by talking about, you know, and how I met you was through a company that I was running at the time. I looked at your resume for one of our partner doctors and I said, you got to hire this woman. She's got amazing credentials and an amazing background even before I knew any of your story. So why don't you tell our listeners kind of where you have come from with respect to your your weight loss journey, which is pretty magnanimous. Well, uh, I have struggled with weight pretty much my entire adult life. I'm currently 59. And really, you know, just a quick summary was when I was, I was not really heavy as a kid or anything. But when I came into, you know, college, I was averaging around a 14 to 16-ish size and which wasn't a problem. I had a lot of muscle and I was okay with that. But once I got married, I went on birth control for the first time and that seemed to just whack everything out. And the old birth control pills tried to duplicate pregnancy. So they worked a little bit different than some of them that are out today. So try to fake your body out and it wrecked me. It was the beginning of me having massive migraines and obviously my hormones were wrecked. But, I mean, honestly, I could look at a salad and gain weight. I gained, in my first two months of marriage, I gained 40 pounds. And my husband, who was a fitness trainer, was like, this is no bueno. But because you can't see what you're dealing with, and I didn't know what was going on. We didn't know anything about thyroid issues or autoimmune or anything like that. It was like, what is this happening? I'm still, I'm still trying to work out and all that. But I got to where my body wasn't even creating energy, and I didn't understand any of that. It took a few years, actually quite a few years, to find out that I had Hashimoto's disorder. And because it had been treated like it was hypothyroidism, instead of Hashimoto's, it was allowed to develop further autoimmune. So I now have three autoimmune issues, and you know, which has affected me in many ways. It's forced me to have to have surgery to remove stuff or, you know, to deal with a foot that kind of went misshapen because the muscle structure, I mean, had that surgery recently, but I mean, it's just been, so, I mean, 2014, when I got divorced the second time, something had to change because that's when they came in and they started telling me about, I knew I had Hashimoto's, but it was clear there was more going on than just that. And they told me it was like, you're just going to be on meds forever. So I ended up being on gabapentin and prednisone and a lot of other stuff, which wrecks you in their own special ways. And I just decided I just can't live like this. One of the diagnoses I had was Sjogren's bordering lupus, and because of some of my medicating situations, they actually talked about me making sure I knew what was going on in my life and have things in order, and I was like, really? You're serious? I just never accepted that. I just never felt like that could really be 
well, there's got to be something else. My doctor was like, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm handing you down a, a death sentence. But it's like, well, this just can't be it. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something I can do. So I, on my own, and my doctor was kind enough to kind of go along with the materials I would show her, figured out that I had autoimmune disorders more than that and that there were things you can do besides medication. And that's when I found autoimmune protocol. And that, that was pivotal. And I studied that quite a bit and got a lot of understanding about that from a biochemistry point of view and started enacting it. And I lost a lot of weight on my own. The heaviest I ever was was 245, and I'm 5'2 and a half. So that was rough. I couldn't walk very far. I couldn't do a lot. My dog was getting fat because I never walked her. I couldn't get up the stairs to my attic apartment very well. There's so much you can't do when you're having your feet hurt, your knees hurt, everything hurt. You're so tired of complaining, you just live with it. My gut hurt all the time. But when I started doing the autoimmune protocol, which is very close to the program that that you, Wendy, were teaching and training when I first came to that job, they were have a very large overlap, you know, because they both have anti-inflammatory approaches. So that helped me a lot, but I still wasn't getting there completely. I still didn't lose all the weight I knew I could lose. I still didn't have complete control of everything, but man, it was way better. So I was content with that. And I moved to Texas because it felt like I needed to change. And that's a whole nother story. But getting to Texas, I was able to only get down to like 170. And if I did go below that, it wouldn't stay and it would come back up. And so I had plateaued, even though I knew my body was still carrying fat certain places. And I still had some metabolic issues. I was still getting autoimmune flare-ups. And ended up falling down the stairs, busting my ACL. And so for two years, I struggled with that healing and needing a brace and all that kind of stuff. So I had to work, so I had to do everything. And finally had an opportunity to get a knee replacement surgery, which helped me a lot. But in the process, that was over COVID. And I ended up gaining 30 pounds because people from church that were trying to help me and grocery shop for me. You know, and I also didn't have money because I wasn't working, you know, while I was doing that. You know, you eat what you got and it's gained 30 pounds. Oh my gosh, I'm back up to 200 pounds. And in my opinion, I look almost as big as I did when I was 245. That's because, you know, as I learned later, you know, when you lose weight the wrong way, you're losing muscle. And so that is a quick loss, but you, you still have the size. So I traded muscle when I lost the weight and I wasn't doing it completely right. And I had to learn a lot of things about cortisol and all that. I was losing muscle instead of fat, and so my weight wasn't really a good weight loss. So then when I got back up to the 200, I happened to apply for a job with chiropractor and did not understand that it was a weight loss job until I got to the interview. I thought it was like the office or whatever. I figured I did not get that job at all because I was clearly overweight. But because he had spoken with me, and Wendy, I didn't know about your input at that point, but he did, he did know that I had done, up to that point, well, it was 2021 or whatever, I had done a good six years of research with my doctor and on my own into autoimmune biochemistry. And, and I did have some understanding of metabolic healing, and I, I, was, I was there. I wasn't getting worse, and my autoimmune disorder was somewhat under control. I wasn't having the real attacks and and the diverticulitis had backed off and everything for a long time. So 
you know, I don't know. I was actually amazed when I got the call. It took three weeks to do it, so I figured I didn't get that job. But then doing the doing the program, Joe wasn't really there to help me learn the beginnings of it because he was running his practice, and he didn't have any other counselors. I was replacing the one that he had. And so I just basically talked to you, Wendy, and learned from the videos and learned from reading. I didn't even have my own manual. I didn't have a lot of those things. I didn't have meetings with Joe. And just had to kind of figure it out. It took a month to get acclimated to it. But man, when it hit, it hit. I lost 16 pounds in my first week and then ended up going way beyond and lost, you know, 56 pounds by that February. So I got hired in July, but I really didn't do the program the way I knew to do it until September. So September, October, November, December, January, February. So under five, about five months, under six months. I had lost to 56 pounds, and I even went a little bit beyond that. So all told, I've lost over 100 pounds. But now it's, it's a better weight loss, you know, my muscle-to-fat ratio. The only fat I can't do anything about unless I get surgery is the extra skin. I do have some of that. But I, I'm much healthier, you know. I'm totally able to manage my autoimmune disorders, and I, I don't take one medication. I was on over 20 before. Wow. Yeah, that's what's so amazing to me. You know, you have clearly, you have tenacity. I will definitively say that you are strong and determined, obviously kind of given this, so to speak, you know, death sentence and you come back with like, all right, I'm going to figure this out because this isn't happening. And, you know, for many people, that is the moment where you either make the choice to live or you make the choice not to, and you made the choice to, and in that brought up your strength and tenacity and figured out some ways to go from 245 to 170, and then it crept back up to 200, just to give the listeners a recap, crept back up to 200, and then you started some protocols and anti-inflammatory diet and healing mechanisms that helped you then go from 200 to what? To 144. 144, 144, yep, to 144. And I've been holding that pretty steady for the last year. Yeah, got it, yeah. So you, and you've been able to maintain, so not just 144 and then back up to 200, 144 and able to maintain, which is amazing, off 20 medications now from your various issues. And some of those meds that you mentioned are, strong medications and many people feel like they can't get off them. So I love that you you mention that because I think so often people think, well, I'm on these medications and this is what I just have to keep doing. But, you know, if you can heal the body from within, it is about losing the weight, but it, it's also about reducing the inflammation, which is, you know, what you talked about, because that's what impacts the autoimmune components and it impacts weight loss, as well as other disease mechanisms. So you have done some amazing work. At this 144 for the last year or so, as you've come through this journey, what does that look like for you in a day's time? Well, if you're asking me how it's changed my life, I mean, it's night and day. I would have been satisfied with being a higher size, you know, if I felt good. You know, size 12 would have been amazing for me because I've been a size 2X and and even some things I would get in 3X, you know, just to have a little room to breathe. I have not worn anything less than a 16 since I was 16. 
And so at age 54, well, no, not 54, at age, well, 58, I'm wearing a, an eight, you know, 10 and a few things, just kind of depending on, you know, because everything's a little bit different. Some brands are different. But I average a size eight. I wear a medium. Never worn that in my adult life ever. But I have some smalls, and, like, my, my geese are in the smallest size they make for adults. So, I mean, it's things from you don't realize how much stress you go when you are booking a flight because you don't want to fill up the seat and be next to somebody who's going to be as big as you are writing stuff at the, at the fair or, you know, at, a, at an amusement park. You don't realize how much that impacts your life. Seat belts didn't always go over me really well without an extension. I mean, I can't even hardly remember what it was like to be that big. And I decided when I started getting my sizes down, it was the November before, I'd only been on the program really doing it hardcore for two months, but I had lost like 30 pounds at that point. And I was like, wow, you know, so I went shopping. I got some clothes. Wow, it wasn't long before I had to start cutting those down. I burned the ships. I got rid of all my clothes. I gave them away. And I had some nice things. I gave them away or I cut them down, things that I really like. And I have some seamstress skills. So I was able to, I've taught my patients a lot of that, how to cut their clothes down. I got bags and bags and bags of scraps from cutting clothes down. And I, I also didn't realize that I could be a real clothes horse. I never dressed up nice. I rarely wore makeup. And now I, I like to go in style, but I never knew what it was like to buy something off the rack. I would buy men's shirts sometimes. It's a completely different life. I also feel more like a girl. I feel, I don't know, it's a completely different mindset. I still have that fat girl lizard brain every once in a while that I catch where I got to I got to remind myself that I'm not ordering that T-shirt in 2X, but that's pretty much past now. It took me a while to get used to ordering clothes. The funniest thing is I had a friend over when a package came to the door, and it was something I had ordered like six months before. And this is right when I had gotten to my lowest weight about a year ago. And there was a shirt, hoodie, that I had ordered from, you know, something that was very popular, had a thing on it, but it was closed out. You can't return it or anything. And I got that in the mail. I just busted out laughing. I was like, I got to show you this. I went in the other room, put it on and came out. It looked ridiculous like I was wearing my daddy's clothes. It was a 2X. And it was all the way past my knees. The arms were too long. And the dress, it was like a big tent where I could fit two other people in it. And it's like, you know, it came. It took him that long to send it to me after I had lost all that weight. It was ridiculous. But you don't realize how your life changes when you lose the weight. And that was, to me, a side effect. I just wanted to not feel like I was going to die all the time. Yeah, you went into it for that reason. I mean, you had a really strong, even though it might have been a fear-based component of a why, right? You had a really strong why. And then it switched now that you're here, it sounds like, you know, to, to really reap in the other benefits. I so love that you're pointing out, I don't want to say it's the obvious because I feel like for many people, they don't really get, I mean, I've worked with clients for so long who, you know, for my clients that are compulsive overeaters or emotional overeaters and they're larger, the depth of despair around the things that you have to think about when you're that weight that people just don't realize. And I love that you're, you're bringing that up because I think that that is overlooked and underestimated. By just posing people. for photographs. 
The family wants to take the photograph, and you're concerned about how skinny the person next to you is. Mm-hmm. How, you know, it's in theater, and I, you know why I became a costumer? Because I knew I would dress myself in ways that didn't make me look like a walking couch on stage. Wow. You know, the types of fabric that they'll choose that are like an upholstery fabric, and it's big, and it has like a couch pattern mm-hmm. and stuff. You get really sensitive to stuff like that. You know, pictures that you want control of every photograph that's ever taken over you. Well, now with Facebook, that's almost impossible. And so you're, you're going through and you're finding anything and untagging yourself. I mean, it's stressful. And now I can actually post for pictures and I don't even think about it. The amount of stress related to, you don't even want to deal with the fact that you're big. You can't even see yourself in that way. You don't want to look in the mirror. You grab your son and put him in front of you when you're taking pictures. We can go through and see tons of those. My older sister had similar issues for her weight, and we teased her about making a fist under her chin so that it wouldn't show her, you know, her turkey gobbler, we called it, you know, her chin underneath there. I don't even think about that stuff now. I can actually just be myself in a picture. It's completely different point of view. And wanting to go shopping I love shopping for clothes now. It's almost a problem. But because I can look and I can find something anywhere, thrift store, expensive store, cheap store, I can always find stuff. And it's almost always sized smaller than I, you know, still, I've just turned the corner finally after a year to being willing to try anything no matter what the size was in. It's like, okay, I'll try this. But, you know, for a long time, it would have to be at least an extra large or something like that because they didn't have the courage to try on a 12 or whatever. And when I went way past that, and I'm an eight, I wear a six in some stuff, which is nuts. I couldn't have worn a six when I was in high school. Wow. You know, so I didn't have the extra skin. Who knows how, what my size would be. It probably averaged in it, a six, in everything. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm okay with that. That's what compression underwear is for. Right, right, right. And and for now, right? And you never know where the future will lead. And you you mentioned just a few minutes ago, and I definitely want to highlight this, you mentioned your gi. I would love for you to, you know, and here's, I mean, I was inspired by your resume, so to speak, and your qualifications, but when I met you, I was even more inspired about your weight loss journey and your autoimmune piece and healing that and all of what you just shared with everybody but I continue to be inspired because you have picked back up your gi, and I would love for you to tell your listeners a little bit about your journey in jiu-jitsu. Okay. Well, I have never been an athlete my whole life. I did some weightlifting, you know, throughout the years because you're supposed to do weightlifting or whatever, and I, I did teach myself when I was losing weight to swim and I thought I had to swim for a whole hour, and I was feeling good about that. But, you know, I learned later that actually a 15-minute, you know, surge burst training was a lot more effective than my hour swimming to killing myself. I don't swim fast or pretty. So I felt like, hey, I'm swimming for an hour. I didn't realize I was raising my cortisol levels, and that was part of my plateau issue. Well, I learned all of that better when I, you know, studied with you, and that has been helpful. So I started doing different kinds of workouts, and it led me to doing it just really two short combination exercises along with some kind of hit approach walking on a, you know, treadmill and that, mm-hmm. you know, where you go faster and slower and, you know, and inclines and all that, get your heart rate changing. 
the exercises I noticed, because I was going in by myself all the time, it's hard to motivate yourself to really bust it out. So I started bringing patients with me on my workouts because I knew if I pushed them, then I give them the opportunity to push me, they would push me farther. It's just easier sometimes when you have that kind of support. Come on, Betsy, you can do two more of these. Don't wuss out, you know. And so, but you can't do that all the time. Not enough. And I needed to push myself more. I have never been an athlete. I have never been allowed. My mom was a wrestler. My grandpa invented women's wrestling. But as I was growing up, I didn't have avenues to participate. My mom's like, don't do the pro league because they're trash now. Try to do it in your school. The school wouldn't have that because, you know, child growing up in the 70s and, and, you know, graduated in 81 from high school, there was no way they were going to let me on the wrestling team back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just kind of had to, when I had my kids, I took them to wrestling, you know, for the community groups and, and for their school and all that. 12 years of taking them to tournaments and all that. And, you know, always feeling like, okay, I got to live through my sons vicariously because I was never allowed to do this, even though my mom taught us half Nelson's, you know, before we could practically run, you know, always wondered if that was something I could do. So fast forward, my sons are in college and one of them is in grad school in Oklahoma and he starts doing jujitsu at a gym while he's, you know, getting his master's. He was actually in a doc program and then he's doing it. So, and then he gets his little brother who moved down to Texas with me a year after I moved here to start learning and they take it very seriously and they start competing in tournaments and that. So, you know, I'm mom, I go to all their tournaments just like I would have with wrestling. And I can't tell you the feeling I kept seeing these people like, wow, if I was well, if I was lighter, I couldn't even imagine doing it now because I was still, you know, not where I became later. I, even though I was less weight, I was still dealing with little autoimmune issues and I was still, you know, up to that 200 mark. And the people that, that do jujitsu at a 200 mark, well, they're mostly muscle, and mm. they'll just kill me. So, I mean, there's just, I didn't even consider it. When I lost the weight, and I just, I mentioned it to one of my boys, they kind of laughed because, you know, at the time I was 58. And they said, well, that would be awesome, Mom, but they didn't take me too seriously. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to look and see what's close to me. And a place that was close to my work was a very, and I didn't know what I was looking at, but it actually ended up being a really great, very well-respected academy that was really strict and hardcore training. And I just kind of joined it just kind of quick. The second day I went, it's a 30-day trial. I joined it on day two, and I never looked back. I said, hey, if you got, there's no other older people there. I mean, there were maybe a few guys that might have hit 51, a lot of them in their 30s and 40s, and they were complaining about, wow, I wish I would have done this earlier because I'm so old. It's like, dude, I'm 58. Am I messed up here? And all the girls are really young and there's not that many. And I just said to him, hey, by the way, if, and I half joking, if you ever get any other old ladies sign up for this, then, you know, let me know. And they did. And it, and that's my drill partner, 66 year old. Now she's 66. I'm 59. We become like best buddies. But uh, she just had her first tournament this last weekend. I've done four tournaments. You know, what I liked about jujitsu is that you don't have to be amazing to get some benefit out of it. And I didn't think I'd ever compete because I had, the, you know, the 110-degree leg that won't bend more than that because of the, the knee replacement. 
And I did end up having foot surgery, and I still had the autoimmune disorders. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll never compete, but this is a great workout. It really pushes me, and I'm getting stronger and building muscles in places I never had before. And, man, it really helps your cardio. So I was feeling a lot healthier. Just it really, that 144 became even, I lost even more fat, but I started building muscle, and so that 144 became a lot more solid. And I figured, you know, I could go up to 150 and be safe. Well, now I'm thinking about my weight classification being based on what weight level do I want to compete at. Two months in, I, was, I had my first competition, the Austin Open for AGF. And I did get smashed, but I survived and I did not get submitted. You know, the, the very first match I had, I was really happy about that and got a lot of attention for being old. I keep saying, you know, Julie and I want to get more attention from being good down the road. So now I have my aspirations to be a black belt. So I practice gi and no gi. So gi is with, you know, what you guys see traditionally as the kimono with the pants. And then no gi is with the rash guard. So it's all compression clothing. And, you know, I would have been mortified to wear anything like that when I was heavy, even at only 200 pounds. But, you know, now I just don't care. I just, the freedom I have, and I'm always going, because there's not many people my age that go, I'm always competing against people who are like 20 and 30 years younger than me. I fight in 30-year-olds easily at 59, and people who are heavier than me sometimes because they still can't find the, you know, the weight division because women, once they turn like 35, they don't join anymore. So even finding a 35-year-old in my weight class, they're all a lot bigger. So I have to fight a 34-year-old who is 26 pounds heavier than me, and I have to go in there. So it, it's never going to be a fair fight, but, man, it really helps my fitness. It's changed my mind again. I've, I've gone to the next level of fitness, and I don't know. I just have a lot of different friends. I have more community, and I'm rolling with guys in practice too and young women all the time, and, and I, I kind of don't feel like there's anything I can't try. I love that. I mean, on so many levels – it's inspiring and it proves so many kind of theoretical models as well, which you may or may not realize, but I just did an interview last night with two MDs who study addiction and we were talking about dopamine and oxytocin and the dopamine connection with emotional eating as well as substance use disorders. But in order to really not just lose the weight, but keep it off, we have to change the dopamine receptors in our brain and change the increase in dopamine. And you did that. You just didn't know you were doing it when you found jujitsu and you find a passion. For you, that passion also integrates exercise and physical activity and muscle strength and building. And it also increases oxytocin because you're in a group format and a group setting. And so that, that enables you to have all of the oxytocin and the dopamine that we know helps with the longevity of the weight loss because it changes the brain chemistry, which is super cool. Not that you did it for that reason, but what you did proves what the doctors from the Addiction Files and I were talking about last night on the interview. And you're, you are just so inspiring and so many ways from the weight loss to, you know, crushing, so to speak, your eating, your autoimmune disorders, changing your relationship with food and what you were eating and why you were eating. 
as well as now your journey in jiu-jitsu. And my listeners will be able to see your pictures that you sent me because I want them to really be able to see the visual behind the story. But Betsy, you are an inspiration. You are an overcomer. And I so appreciate you being on with me today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. I so appreciate you. And you can learn more about Betsy and her bio. I'll put a little bit up there on my website so you can take a look at that, www.wendyfrancis.com. I continue to, Betsy and I knew each other professionally, and we continue to keep up with each other because I just so enjoy watching her journey of overcoming. And so you can feel free to message me if you have any questions about Betsy. And thank you as always for listening, learning, growing, and overcoming. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend, rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.